This is Manifest Zone, live at Gary Con Ethereal. I'm one of your hosts, Christian Serrano. I'm Keith Baker. I'm Wayne Chang. And I'm Emma Chin Jinjo. And in this episode, we are going to talk about how each of us got into the game design and game publishing uh, industry. And then we're going to talk about what we would do if we had the opportunity to redesign Eberron, how would we break it? <laughs> so uh, <laughs> some of you might not be familiar with who we are, um, or at least with one of us you might be familiar with. Uh, and Imogen, I'm going to go ahead. Right? <laughs> Imogen is the it's one. definitely yeah. Imogen. Yeah, before uh, we start, I just want to say thanks, everybody, for, for tuning in, uh, especially those who are, are maybe not our regular listeners. Um, hi. Uh, we are sort of looking at chat and trying not to. Um, but <laughs> thanks. Some of us are. And, Please, uh, big manifest zone welcome for well, he's he's this way on my screen for Christian uh, for coming back and uh, and uh, being our special co-host today. Um, we we we're had gonna, to. We're uh, going to give we, you a big hand. Yeah. for that. Yes. <laughs> if you line around, I'll, I'll keep a, an eye out in my inbox for that. Yeah, <laughs> thank you guys. I, I really appreciate it. It's, I, I miss being on the show, and I'm happy to be here. And yeah, so a big you, big thank you to Gary Khan for having us too. Yeah, so. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Gary Khan. Um, thank you, Luke. Uh, thank you guys for, for our writing. Thank you, Jimmy, um, who's our, our, our technician in the, in the back. You're not going to see him, but uh, he's going to do, do some stuff for us. And uh, it, I, I hope you guys enjoy it. it it's going uh, to be a little bit different today, for sure. And, uh, but yeah, and thank you to everybody who's been saying they want Christian back. Um, his voice <laughs> is much, much better than mine on oh, the intro. <laughs> thank you. Sad but true. <laughs> thank you. It's true. That. It's true. But as Christian said, we're going to uh, start off and, and do something a little bit different today. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going to talk about us. And we're going to talk about, and so you guys can, I mean, maybe seeing us for the first time. And uh, we're going to have a chance to sort of listen and hear our stories. And we're going to do something controversial. We're going to talk about In My Eberron, if I were to rewrite it. Mm-hmm. So what are we doing here? <laughs> I well, think we're going to, I think we said we're going to start alphabetically by last name yeah so first uh <laughs> let's let keith, keith is obviously you know he's he's the main draw here let's be honest and uh so yeah keith why don't you give us a little bit of background about uh how you got into design and publishing uh, well for me you know getting into design role-playing and of course eberron um i just sort of started i started playing dnd i had my first dnd book when i was around eight or nine i started actually playing D&D probably in about fourth grade and um, I pretty much right away just said okay someone has a job writing these books you know some people are like I'm going to be a firefighter or an astronaut or whatever I'm like this is a job I want that job I'm going to write D&D books um, and of course the main question is you know when, when I started there were no like game design majors in college or anything like that it wasn't entirely clear how you got that job uh, so I studied creative writing and history um, and then actually ended up getting into the computer game industry for about eight years just because I sort of fell into that job and hey it paid well um, but all through that I you know that wasn't really what I wanted to do and so I started freelancing uh, for Atlas Games, Goodman Games, a number of smaller companies like that. And that's something I would just say, quick tips, is uh, I did that through RPG.net and um, EN World 
in particular, if you go on the message boards, the publishers will uh, do open calls. You know, that's sort of an easy way if you're looking to work with other companies as opposed to now self-publishing is a lot easier. Um, but basically, started freelancing, um, ended up quitting my computer job just in time for Wizards of the Coast to say they're looking for a new setting. And that ended up being uh, being Eberron. So that quit my job and going freelance full time worked out a lot better than I expected it to. Um, a lot of people don't realize that I also make board and card games, that the card game Gloom is something that I created. Uh, and I did that actually around the same time I was making Eberron. So both of those two things came out. And uh, right now, I am half of a company called Together Studios, which first off is, is teamed up with uh, KB Presents, producing our Eberron material, but also has made The Adventure Zone, Phoenix Dawn Command, Illumat, uh, and a number of other games. So it's not easy, you know, this is an easy job to, to do full-time, but I've been lucky enough that I've been able to do it. And real quick, you actually, your inspiration for Eberron came out of that game design, or That's that, that computer uh, gaming. So, yeah. so basically, the um, I worked for about eight or nine years, uh, you know, first couple of years just getting started, and then I worked on two separate MMOs, you know, Massive Multiplayer Online Games, uh, for about three years each, though, that before each then got canceled in beta. And the first was a text-based, conspiracy-driven, uh, you know, game that was really awesome called Crossroads. And then the second was Lost Continents, which was a pulp-themed uh, MMORPG, sort of if you took... Um, Oh, now I'm blanking on the name. I want to say unwritten, and that's not it at all. Uh, but, you know, Tomb Raider uh, and... Uncharted. all of that and you know turned that into an mmo and that's what mm. we were working on and it was clear it wasn't you know the company was going to screw it all up which is why i quit <laughs> uh but nonetheless i've been spending three years watching pulp serials sort of immersing myself in that whole pulp adventure uh mindset and so when uh, Wizards of the Coast did the fantasy setting search, I did a bunch of things that were more logical. And then as the last one, I just said, well, what if you took all that pulp and put that into D&D? &D? Mm -hmm. And it was basically that seed combined with the idea, which has always been a personal interest of mine, of arcane magic behave scientifically. Why doesn't it affect the world like a science? Why doesn't it evolve? Right. And so it's the combination of those two things that ended up becoming Eberron. Nice. Very nice. Cool. All right. Well, Wayne, how about you? Um, so my name is Wayne and this might be the first time anybody's seen me on camera. I, I, and maybe I, the last time. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the last time um, I'm going to disappear after this. And your voice is working too. So yeah. It's... My voice is working today. Um, uh, anybody who's listened to Manifest Zone from the start knows that um, I get, um, I get a uh, sore throats pretty easily. So I, I get the raspy voice. I had to try to match Christian. Right? So. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, um, this is not my this is not my day job. Um, I'm in finance actually, and um, so for me, the game design thing was always, you know, when you're younger, you really, really wanted to do game design. Everybody, it's really cool. You wanted to work back then. You wanted to work for EA. Um, it's actually a Canadian company. Um, but I got my start D and D, same as Keith, around um, about eight or nine years old, fourth grade. Um, Dragonlance was my thing back then. Um, that's what we played. I thought two handed sword was two weapons. <laughs> you really didn't know how to play back then, right? 
But um, I always remember that. And I, I still have friends from back then that we still play together now. So I've always loved D&D. Uh, it's, been, it's been sort of my top thing, uh, top, topping the to play. And when 5th edition came around, when DMs Guild came around, it was, it was really cool. It was, but I never had an interest in doing that. Um, just because at that point, it wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't part of my life other than to play and to have fun and sort of be part of the community, um, helped run conventions, uh, raised money for Extra Life, great cause. Obviously, um, Gary Khan uh, is doing that as well. And those were the kind of things that I was interested in. But I, I had a chance um, to do a podcast. And one of the first people I actually interviewed on the podcast was actually Christian. And we talked about Sharn specifically. We had a three-parter on Sharn. And then Christian was like, you know what? I haven't done a, I haven't done a podcast for a while. Why don't we see if we can, we got uh, one, one gentleman. And then it's like, Christian's like, why don't we just message Keith and see if he'll be interesting? Keith's like, yeah, sure. Let's do an Eberron podcast. So uh, yeah, that thing, uh, Manifest Zone has been around for a little while now. Yeah. Um, but that's how I got to know Christian better and how I got to know Keith better. And I had the opportunity to have Keith invited to a local convention and we talked and we chatted and we're, I asked him what the, what, uh, the cause of the morning was, and he wouldn't tell me, um, <laughs> so don't worry when you ask him and he doesn't tell you that. Um, but Keith and I start talking, we start collaborating. I told on, Christian. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. See, that, I, I find that not fair, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. But, um, <laughs> yeah, we, we started, we started collaborating. Uh, we talked about, um, uh, we talked about exploring Ebron. We, we, we talked about that um, at um, at uh, another convention that usually happens in March as well. And, we, you know, we started working on it. And a year and a half later, <laughs> give or take, I mean, a year and a half later, uh, we had exploring Ebron. And that's when we said, oh, we should probably put this as an imprint. So, um, you know, KB Presents, um, if you don't know what KB, KB stands for, you, you, it stands for KB. Okay. Um, but yeah, <laughs> he's down this way for me. Right. So yeah, KB presents uh, as a, as an imprint of together studios, you know, with the stuff that he does um, with his Patreon stuff. Um, and my interest in, in gaming was, was art and was the production value. Um, so I'm the producer uh, for KB presents. I'm the producer for the, the, the products. Uh, I'm not really the writer. Yeah. I have, I have some, the writing credits, but I'm really the producer. And I really wanted to, I really wanted to see that come together. And now that we've done it once and we're working on several other books now, that's sort of been my, my passion project. Um, my sort of Just a secondary few other thing. books. Yeah. <laughs> a, a few other books. I think there's 10 on the, I think there's 10 projects on the slate right now. Um, so, <laughs> but that, that was really the, the fun part and, and doing this podcast. I know we, we really do miss Christian. Um, you know, we were kind of glad we didn't have cameras when we were doing it because we were all kind of tearing up a little bit. I, I know Christian was kind of. Oh yeah, I was... it, it was <laughs> it was hard not seeing seeing him, you know, uh, and not having him. But it's it's such a wonder having him back. But that's that's really my journey. I mean, I've been I've been playing D and D for ooh, over thirty years now, and it's just it's there's the good and the bad. But being part of this community, doing these these kind of things, and just being able to bring some joy and and some teasing and some some you know <laughs> torturous like oh my gosh I want to see something, um, has been a, a, has been a lot of fun has has just been a joy to to just experience, um, and that's really why I got into it is just to be part of that community. Nice, very cool. Thank you, Wayne. How about you, Imogen? Oh wow, where to start? <laughs> I suppose I'll, I'll go all the way back. Uh, Keith and Wayne both both mentioned how they got started in D and D in the first place. 
Um, so for me, the first D&D thing that I owned or that I had was uh, when I played a board game that came out, uh, TSR released one called Dragonstrike, uh, which was, you know, a D&D like board game where it came with a VHS with a deliciously oh, nice. happy story about an evil sorceress. It was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, Excellent. And then after that, we, uh, you know, me and a few of my friends at school at the time, we bought a second edition starter set called First Quest. Um, and then one, uh, I think 3.0 was just around the corner at that point. So we immediately jumped in um, to real D&D on, uh, on, on 3.0. Um, so I'd been at D&D a, a few years when Eberron came out um, as, a, as a teenager. Um, and I loved it. And I got uh, quite involved in the, the Eberron community that was uh, bubbling around the, the old Wizards of the Coast message boards back in the early mid noughties, yeah. which was great fun. Um, and at that time I was uh, kind of doing sort of my first experiments in game design of my own. So putting out third edition monsters on a sort of a regular, here's the new Eberron monster of the week sort right, of right. thing, I uh, that, which yeah. I would post mm-hmm. on those boards. Yeah. Um, and then I started putting the, those on a website, uh, you know, very amateur, <laughs> put together <laughs> little thing um, uh, back then. Um, and I kind of sat on that for a while, you know, the third edition, the fourth edition eras went back by, and then when fifth edition came back, um, I sort of found myself in a space where I was interested in doing more uh, content creation again. Um, so I went back to some of, you know, I dug out my old third edition archives and I started uh, converting some of them into fifth edition. Um, and at that point, sort of simultaneously, um, I'd been sort of putting together an Eberron Discord community, which was growing and growing, 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 and fantastic uh, community of folks there. Um, And being in that kind of community really gets everyone's creative juices flowing. Um, So then when the Wayfinders Guide to Eberron came out, the DMs Guild and the floodgates were open for all of us to put our Eberron content on the DMs Guild, it was a very exciting time to be an Eberron fan because, you know, you could put your stuff out there in a very prominent place. Um, so I collected together some of my uh, Eberron monsters and I put them in a um, a collection called the Codex Sybaris. Um, and there are a couple of volumes of that on mm-hmm. there now. Um, and a few other things. I, I did a, a geometry um, wizard school, which <laughs> shot up to platinum bestseller, um, which was wonderful. Um, and then, um, I can't remember how long after we, Wayfinder's guide, it was that, uh, Wayne started putting together the across Eberron collaboration. Yeah. Um, so this was to put together <laughs> a brand new fifth edition, um, Eberron adventure path, um, which was wonderful to be a part of. And I ended up writing episode one, six, and about a quarter of 13 for that. Um, and wow, yeah, that, that was such a cool <laughs> project to be a part of. And it's, it's done so well. All of them are at least platinums. Uh, I think all of them are gold. 
All a couple of, of them are platinum bestsellers as well. It, I only promised. I'm only promised silver. I said you, you guys will sell a hundred <laughs> copies. I, I, that's all I promised you guys. Exactly. Yeah. That's great. Um, so I just I kept going. Um, I put out Escape from Riedra, um last year as well. Yeah. And last summer, um, I think it was last summer around June or July, I was invited to join the Manifest Zone team. Um, so here I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to have you. Thanks. And you got, and you've been doing a great job with it so far. So, you Thank know, you. I guess, uh, something we should, <clears throat> I, I, I guess we, I, I, we hadn't planned this, but I guess we'll, uh, we'll sort of reveal that actually Imogen is actually working with us uh, at KB presents, uh, on the next book. Nice. So we're going to publicly say that now, um, do not try to ply her for information. No, um, she's not allowed, um, <laughs> but she is actually working with us. Uh, it's, it's been a pleasure actually working with her, um, uh, on the project as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, you'll see some of her, you'll see some of her work in, in, in the upcoming book. Um, Absolutely. so I'm going to try to be quick cause we are, we are, uh, uh eating through the time here. Cause um, we can talk, we can, we talk can keep talking. Yeah. People who can talk. So, Come on. Yeah. So, um, you know, my, my dabbling with design was really on the hobby side with, uh, well, as a lot of, you know, with Eberron for Savage Worlds and, um, and I, you know, I tinkered with D and D back in third edition, just with stuff I would push to the boards or whatever. Um, often trying to kit bash different supplements, like, you know, uh, for, to create new effects or whatever. But, um, you know, when I, when I did get into Savage Worlds and, you know, I remember there was a drag, uh, one particular year at Dragon Con where uh, Keith was there and there were like a lot of great designers who were all talking, all these panels were just about game design in different contexts and, and you know, trying to design horror or trying to design this or that or, or whatever. And, uh, and my, my partner Jen and I were there and we were like, you know, we can do this, you know. And, and, um, and then sometime after that, uh, Pinnacle Entertainment Group, who published Savage Worlds, they released, they opened up something similar to DM's Guild called the Adventurer's Guild for Savage Worlds. And they allowed anybody to publish on that platform. Um, there was no approval needed or anything. The cool thing about it was that uh, they, Pinnacle only gets 10%, OBS gets 30%, but you get everything else and you own the rights to all of the content. So I thought that was really cool. And so Jen and I just put out two little products and, uh, and we did well. And we're like, let's make a setting. Let's apply to be a licensee of Savage Worlds and make a setting. So we've been working on that um, for probably about a year probably too long <laughs> quite honestly as these things go making settings it's it's trivial it's easy yeah yeah i mean how many have you done keith only like four or five you know? yeah yeah so uh you know and, and and it is there is a lot of quite honestly there's some inspiration from uh from eberron as well as things like uh skyrim and you know breath of the wild and stuff like that and so we're you know these are things that we all love and in that exploration aspect of it that open world exploration and that's that's going to be sort of the focus of that setting so but yeah, that's that's kind of where where it's where, how I got into it. Um, so with that, let's let's get into the topic of if we were to redesign Eberron, what would we change or break or delete or whatever it might be? And um, we're gonna go. We're gonna kind of do reverse order now. Why don't you start us off? Yeah, yeah. I, I I I'm gonna do that. And uh, so the and uh, I'm going to judge you. <laughs> okay, never mind. Sorry. No, no, judge away. I'll just you know. Yeah, no. Uh, so I, I think one of the things I've always uh, felt about Eberron was, um, you know, Eberron had the requirement that it had to incorporate the core rules, and the races were part of that. And across editions, those races, those core races have changed, and you know, over time, and so on, which is fine. It's great. You know, I love 
some of the newer races and so on. I think one of the things I would break about Eberron would be to make it mostly human centric with the exception of the new Eberron races. And I think I would go with like, you know, having the marks being specific to humans in particular. And I, and I, for some reason in my head, I feel like that's like, I don't know, a sort of counterbalance to these other cool, unique races in Eberron as well. Um, and I, I, you know, that changes some of the flavor of some of the things like, you know, gnomes who are, you know, really, uh, you know, mischievous and whatnot, or not mischievous, but, you know, scheming and, and plotting and information gathering. Gnomes are but, all um, mischievous. I, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. just to, to jump in, you know, for a moment on that, because it's interesting, is it, it is certainly the case that in Eberron we had to sort of work with what we had. Uh, I think the race that, that would lose the most to me would be the elves. Yeah. Uh, because the elves are so much sort of designed around the ways in which they are not human. And, you know, I could s- see a human culture that would essentially take the place of the Zill, for example. Uh, but I feel like Arian, you know, the Arini are really, you know, almost the Ternidal I can almost see, but the Arini are so much about uh you know those long lifespans and stuff. I, I agree that long life i was just thinking that as you were saying that because they they have millennia across yep. which they've studied and you know developed culture and developed history and and whatnot i i think you're right on that yeah uh, uh, maybe it's some magical humans that are yeah. elves but not elves i don't know <laughs> um yeah so that's i have other it's ones but but we got you know we, we i, I want to give you all opportunity to chime in with your uh with your ideas too so, um, Imogen, what would you, uh, what would you break about Ron? <laughs> I would, I think if it was me, I would want to redesign Breland. Hmm. Um, I, I, I always thought, um, Ondair, Thrain, Karnath, yeah, even Seer have very sort of obvious hooks. If you're a player character, you know, I want to be really good at magic. Um, I'll play an Ondarian. I, I, you know, I want to follow the Silver Flame. I'll play a Thrain. I want to be a Necromancer. I want to be a warrior who respects military tactics. You join Karnath and so on and so on and so on. Um, and thinking about the sort of the Five Nations as the adventurer party, which is, you know, often something Keith has talked about, that leaves kind of Breland as the rogue um, or the bard, possibly, depending on... Uh, sometimes Sarah, I think is labeled as a bard or an artificer as well. Um, So you can play up things like humanity, the the kind of in the shadows, um, roguishness, corruption and things. But in a setting like Eberron, where you're often painting in shades of gray, the other nations can kind of cover that theme as well. So I wonder if, if it, you know, in a, in, a, in a brand new Eberron, if you just kind of take Zalago and smush it up into Breland <laughs> and spread out that kind of uh, intrigue in the shadows-ness into Breland. Um, I don't know, that, that's not a completely developed idea because I love Zalago as well and it'd be a shame to lose that for the gnomes. But I wonder if there's, there's, there's some kind of nugget of roguishness that, that we could you know, really push to 11 for, for Breland. Um. My thing with Zalargo, just uh, randomly sort of noting on it, is that I always think of Zalargo as, as taking that step beyond. Like, to some degree, 
part of the point is that Zalargo, a lot of the intrigue specifically almost isn't as dangerous mm-hmm. or it isn't as scumbaggy as mm-hmm. frankly the intrigue you do get in Brayland because the gnomes do have this sense of, of unity to Zalargo, this sense of, you know, the, the mere fact that the trust can exist mm-hmm. is a thing that like that wouldn't work in our world mm. it would become yeah. corrupt it would collapse yeah. and so i actually kind of look at Brayland as the scumbaggy version of zalargo it just doesn't have as much secret please but uh, i think that's very interesting <laughs> wayne uh mine's pretty easy um i would take out everything in D is in ebron mm-hmm. um it is one of the things that has sort of confused everything i love the uh, in my Eberron idea where your Eberron is different than everybody else's that we yeah. don't restart the ages. We, you know, we move additions and we haven't restarted the date, but the thing to sort of try to add everything that's in D and D into Eberron, I think is really, really difficult. Um, and people are looking for justification for it. Um, and sometimes we kind of fall back to like, well, Keith, what would you do? Or Christian, what would you like? Um, I think it would have been nice to just sort of have certain things set. Um, and if someone wants to add something in, that's, that's part of your Eberron, but don't, don't feel like you have to justify it because with that sort of open book, we're trying to shove all these things in that was never accounted for. Third edition was, you know, still, you know, 3.5 was pre- pretty early on when Eberron came out and all these additional things coming in, yeah. um, we're just more just made it more difficult i think sometimes just to sort of well where do uh you know where do these uh where do these sword mages go or where does this binder go in third edition and fourth edition was all these new things that are coming out like where do a ladrin come from and we've come up with great story ideas but it has made it more difficult for people to sort of follow along it's not as difficult as let's say moving a hundred or a thousand years in 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 forgotten realms but it's still to this day, I, I know that people are asking questions like, where would I do? What would I do with this? Because in D&D, it's this. What's it in Eberron? So, so don't, my don't thing. Don't try to justify it. Like, you know, so my thing to that, I just have to say, though, is, is that's the thing is that is a statement that comes up a lot is yeah. that, oh, Eberron's too kitchen sinky, you know, because everything uh, that's in D&D is in Eberron. And my thing is from the start, that was never the intent. The statement is it's always misquoted. The yeah. statement is... If it exists in D&D, there is, it has a place in Eberron. And that place, nine times out of ten, is the morning, Zendrick, or Kyber. <laughs> right. And that basically the point is not it's all there. The point is if you want it to be there, it could be. And so that's yeah. my point. When people ask me those questions, like you said, my point is, well, it's not in my Eberron. I don't have Illumians in my Eberron, and there's no reason I have to. Um, and, and so that's the thing is people should never feel they have to cram whatever the random thing is. Uh, it's simply that we've tried to add enough flexible spaces like Zendrick, like the Mornland, where people can add those things in if they choose to. Uh, now I will say fourth edition, I feel did a very bad job of that you know, did a sort of disservice because it did cram in things like mm-hmm. the Eladrin, like the Dragonborn. And to a certain degree, like fourth edition had a lot of, and they like tried to squeeze in, you know, Molf 
for example. And sure, we said she's an overlord, but it would have been just as easy to just not mention Lolf. You know, there's, it doesn't need to be in there. The biggest one, obviously, is Bator, where they were just like, no, we need we need that in there. And the point is, we don't. We didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that that version of it in Dragon where I sort of said, look, if it has to be in there, basically I did what the statement says. I said, if I had to put Bator and Eberron, here's how I would do it. But of course, the answer is I have never used Bator and Eberron because I don't need to. It doesn't need to be a part of my world. So I completely agree. Basically, I agree with you sort of halfway of saying, well, first off, you're not somehow betraying the setting if you don't do that, because it was never the intention of that statement to be everything has to be there. Uh, but second, um, you know, it is it is just that point of, of yeah, you know, uh, that you shouldn't feel you have to do it. And if you do understand that, use the spaces we've given that we tried to make it easy. Um, but in terms of what I would do. Uh, if I was going to change things, the thing to me is obviously I'm pretty happy with Eberron the way it is. You know, if if I didn't like Eberron the way it is, then, uh, you know, uh, it wouldn't be that way. I would say the biggest things to me, uh, and I've, I've talked about this some before, but, you know, one of the biggest ones, of course, is history, is especially with Galifar, the scope of history is too long. I, Galifar does not need to have been uh, to last in 4,000 years. And in um, Exploring Eberron, I've talked about that. Uh, But basically, part of what was always compelling to me about uh, the idea of Eberron was the idea of magic evolving as a form of science. And because of that, I always wanted us to have a sense of that. How has it evolved? What were the big discoveries? Who were the innovators? Uh, And that that was never something that was really there in the original setting. Uh, I've actually done a whole bunch of, and we we talked, you know, in one of our recent episodes, but I've also done a whole bunch of articles recently touching on arcane industry. Um, and, And that's the whole part of me is I would have much rather that Galifar had lasted for 300 years, but we really highlighted a bunch of really interesting things that happened in those 300 years than saying that it lasted for a thousand years, but nobody really we don't we don't really have a lot interesting that happened Mm -hmm. so i'd have tightened the history but really expanded the uh the importance of it uh the other thing of course obviously is the maps are too big and populations are too small but i still feel with that that doesn't bother me too much because the whole point is do what you like with it you know i don't really care what the population of sharn is i know the city is big and crowded and it, I don't really care what the actual number is because that's all I need dramatically. Um, anyhow, that's what I've got. <laughs> well, that's great. That's great. Thank you, all of you. Thank you uh, for everybody. This this wraps up our, our panel here. And um, one, thank you guys for having me back. Uh, and uh, two, thank you to, to Gary Khan for having us on here live. And, Absolutely. Um, yeah, you guys yeah, uh, really really uh thank you thank you for just reaching out we, yeah. we appreciate it greatly yeah we, we miss not being able to go in person you know but uh hopefully next year everything's good and uh maybe we'll do this live we'll have Imogen fly uh fly several hours <laughs> no, no burden on you right that, it's fine yeah. it's not fine it's, it's no problem right you know right, right. 
All right. Well, uh, that wraps it up. And uh, everybody, enjoy the con and stay tuned. We'll be doing Savage Eberron uh, in a little while. So, yeah. Uh, 